This is Jonathan Hansen. I welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. My special guest, apostolic leader Eric Hurd. He leads Sons of Issachar from Hawaii. Eric, welcome back. Thank you, Dr. Hansen, for having me. Well, you've been with me now for many programs recently, the last two weeks. It's been a pleasure. You are well-versed on the situation. You know what's going on in the United States as well as the world. Uh, this is sheer tyranny. This is an attempted coup. They're trying to put us into the new world order. They want to take away our freedoms, our liberties, and move us basically into slavery. And Christians that resist are especially targeted for not only arrest, but actually extermination. They hate us. And uh, I've listened to the words of even John Brennan. I don't know how he became Obama's CIA director when he is a pure communist. Other than this is a communist takeover right now. And we've got many people in Congress on both sides of the aisle, frankly guilty. Eric? Yes, sir, Dr. Hansen. These are very exciting times. When you know your God, when you have the blueprint, when you have the on record, the word of God that tells us that in the end we win. And the word of God unfolds the mysteries of mankind, human history. Nothing changes. And so we have a bird's eye view, if you would let me use that terminology, to understand. Proverbs says, happy is one who gets understanding. And so with that said, I am excited to see the hand of God move. We're going to have a bumpy ride, yes, but I do know within my spirit that we win. So we need to come up with strategies, Dr. Hansen. The sons of Issachar, one portion of the scripture tells us that we should understand the times. And pastors and leaders should understand the times. It's written right there in the Bible. Not only that, we have the power of the Holy Spirit, the wonderful Holy Spirit, who leads us and guides us into all truth. We don't have to not know what's going on. We don't have to be confused. We don't have to be dismayed, Dr. Hansen. We know exactly what's going on when we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the will of the Father. And so, again, um, I've turned to despair at one time, to excitement, and I'm ready for the battle. Well, you said a bird's eye view. That's good. <laughs> As uh, you've been with me and you're going to be an intricate part of Eagle Saving Nations, you're going to be on the ground floor. And right as a charter member. And so bird's eye view, eagle saving nations. I thought that was a good statement you made. I don't know if you thought about it when you said it, but I sure did. <laughs> yes. I said, yeah, he's got it. Yes. At least in his spirit, he's even got it. A bird's eye view, eagle saving nations. And uh, this program, we won't go into the attributes of an eagle, but I'll tell you, it's what you and I need. It's all what warriors of Jesus Christ need. Now, you said we win. Yes, we win. Eventually, God wins. The Battle of Armageddon. But before the Battle of Armageddon, two billion people are going to die. You said bumpy road? Very bumpy. Two billion people die. Now, they die from the plagues of God against the enemies of Jesus Christ. But the Bible also warns about the greatest persecution mankind has ever seen against the church. That's you and I. Now, depending on whether we rise up as a church, become warriors, become eagles, can we prevent some of this? Can we actually make our nation a sheep nation that comes under the protection of God himself? Or is this church going to continue just to go into apathy, just like the Christians did in Germany? Hitler took over and 11 million of them were slaughtered, as well as 6 million Jews. So, I mean, which way is it going to go? 
either the church rises up, and right now the church is so pathetically anemic, half of the church is under a communistic philosophy, the Federal Council of Churches, you know that, the mainline churches, who go with alternate lifestyle abortion. They back all of this United Nations agenda, this communistic agenda. And the other half of the churches, so many of them are so pathetically backslidden, lukewarm. Uh, They don't even understand uh, what self-defense is. They would just go right along and turn the other cheek. Uh, what do you say to that, Eric? As an Issachar, you're, you're, you're correct, Dr. Hans. As an Issachar, you have to know not only the times, but what to do. And this is why Eagles Saving Nations will give tactics and strategies on how to. I've always been a person um, that can go into an operation, and thank God for that, assess the problem, and some of my other training, being in, corporate, in the corporate realm, assess the problem, Dr. Hansen, and come up with solutions. And I'm always um, just blessed to be able to assess, go to the table, the drawing board, draw plans and execute the plans and see an outcome that's favorable. And if I did not like what I saw, I go back again with God's wisdom and we'll go back and we'll assess again. Action plans. Okay, we don't like what we saw or we like what we, we saw and we want to do better. If you allow me, I want to read something from Malachi. And again, as you spoke, there is a chance, but it's our decision if we're going to rise up. And we need the apostles and the prophets to spearhead, to be the leaders, to say, okay, church, pastors, God's flock, this is what we need to do. This comes out of beautiful uh, illustration of victory that comes out of Malachi chapter four. And it lets us know where we're at right now. We have a a chance to overcome. But again, it's conditional. If my people is conditional and Malachi chapter four, verse one, for behold, the day come cometh that shall burn as an oven and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly shall be as stubble and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it will need leave neither root or branch. But unto you that fear the name, his name, the Lord's name, he says, my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And he shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Verse three, and ye shall tread down the wicked. Dr. Hansen, we're dealing with the wicked today. These people are just degenerate. They are pedophiles. They are wicked beyond what we ever thought. But it says we're going to rise if we choose to rise. The church chooses to rise with healing in his wings and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stalls. So I like this healing in the wings. It talks about uh, gives us the illustration of the eagle. Hallelujah. We're going to rise far above and the eagle has that keen eyesight. We know exactly now what our target is. And so I heard someone say that uh, uh, they don't care. Well, I don't care anymore. Praise God. We're going to take this fight to the gate, Dr. Hansen. Uh, For those who do know their God and we're going to fight as never before. Let's look at verse five. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And we've been talking about uh, the role of the godly man. And verse six, and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So here again, Dr. Hansen, we have a we have a choice. Are we going to rise up? Or are we going to be pacifists? Are we going to rise up and be men and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and depend upon his all of his arsenals that we have at our disposal to defeat in the enemy? 
Well, I totally agree. Now, let me ask you a question, Eric, because I think the church is really hung up on this. I think they're confused. I think many Christians are very confused over a believer's responsibility in the areas of self-defense, a righteous war, justifiable homicide, legal execution, etc. When the church does not understand a Christian's rights and responsibilities in these areas, they become needless victims. Many Christians become pacifists and fail to become the protector of their home and nation. In these cases, the believers are not persecuted for righteousness' sake, but instead for ignorance. I believe a lot of pastors are basically pacifists. I believe their horns, if they were a bull, have been cut off. I believe other things have been cut off too where they can't even give birth. I believe they're austere. I believe they're pathetically just about worthless, Eric, is what I believe. Because they've turned our church instead of into a fighting force to come against evil and keep us free where righteousness can prevail, they've turned our church into nothing but gluttony with their pathetic gospel, gluttony, the lust of the flesh, engaging in sin, sloppy agape, nullifying the Holy Spirit. Our pastors, many of them, should not be behind the pulpit. Is self-defense justified, Eric, for a Christian? Yes, sir, Dr. Hansen. I struggle with this, and this is why I asked you to, let's do a study on this. Because the enemy, the wicked ones, have had an agenda for a very long time. And the church has been asleep with his pastors. God said he, in the last days he will give us pastors after his own heart. A pastor will protect, true pastor will protect his flock, not fleece the flock, not just be blessed of the flock. Uh, they have their mansions and while people are giving tithes and offering, they will share, as in the book of Acts, the wealth that came in that everyone had all things in common. This is a true pastor to take care of his people and protect his people. And men are pastors of their home. The person does not know how to guide his own home. How can he guide the house of God? He has to know first that we are priest, provider, and protector. We take the family. We go to the community. Praise God. We protect the community as they're doing now. Community walks, making sure that communities are safe from drug addicts from drug, those who are pushing drugs, those who are trafficking kids. And then from there, we move it to the nation, praise God. And then from the nation, we move it to the world. So there is now a clarity as you begin to study and we begin to bounce off each other, a responsibility, the ability to be able to respond that we should protect our nation. As military men, we know that. We took an oath. It's sad today, Dr. Hansen, those who have taken the oath to protect and defend are neglecting their oath. They're being bought out. They're being blackmailed. They're into um, as much nefarious activity than some politicians are. They're all complicit together. So how can we turn this around where men will be men, stand for what is right, know right from wrong, good and evil, and not come under a seducing spirit where they're selling the, the whole nation out? What does the Bible say about retaliation or vengeance? Now, Matthew 5, 38 through 42, you have heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand it over your coat as well. If any 
forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. When people read this, they think the Lord is telling them not to defend themselves. This is not saying that at all. Instead, it is saying not to retaliate as far as vengeance, Romans 12, 14. It's also saying do more than what is required and be kind and generous, Matthew 18, 15 through 22. This is actually in reference to a king's courier authority to force others into service for the king's business. To refuse would have been an unpardonable offense to the king, Matthew 27, 32. So this is dealing with, again, they were under the Romans. And when the Roman authorities, a courier, wanted you to uh, go one mile, Jesus said, go with them too. In other words, it would be like if you're in prison and a prison guard had you do something, do more. Show a good attitude. Do more than they ask. Show them that you're a Christian. But this has nothing to do with a free man protecting his family. A righteous war. Justifiable homicide. Legal execution. This is not what it's saying. Dietrich Bonhoeffer resisted Hitler. Became a spy. Actually was involved in the assassination attempt of Hitler. He understood those responsibilities to protect his nation and fight in a righteous war. Yet when he was captured... He showed all of the attributes and characteristics of Jesus Christ, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, so much so that his captors were going to help him escape. He says, no, they'll kill you and your family. He went, knelt down with a smile, and died. They saw Jesus in him. He did more than they ever thought he would or they asked him to do. Now, that's what it's saying. The scriptures I read, again, They were under Roman control, and if the courier asked them to do something, do it. Go two miles. If they want your shirt, give them your coat. If they slap you, turn the other cheek. You can do no otherwise. You're under their control. That's what this is saying, Eric. The proper interpretation, Dr. Hansen, is so important of the scriptures. We need to protect our families, even with this injection, wanting to inject the children when we're finding and the truth is coming out that they're damaging the children, Dr. Hansen. What man would allow that? What, it's like a man coming into your home wanting to harm your children. Would you allow that? Are we become so weak, Dr. Hansen, that we can't discern right from wrong? Letting someone come into your home to do bodily harm to you. You have a right under the law to protect yourself, even if it's the police that will come and try to forcibly, like in Australia, they're training the military, Dr. Hansen, in Australia to go door to door, house to house to forcibly uh, inject people with this poison. They have a right to protect themselves. And so we have to make up in our minds, are we men or are we going to act like uh, wimps? We are strong. We're supposed to be the uh, land of the free and home of the brave. And so we must stand up now and we must resist tyranny now that we know that this injection is hurting the children. Five through 11. So what's going to happen if a child is damaged in your home? You can't sue anyone. You're going to have to take that child and care for that child for the rest of your life because they've been damaged. And not only that, Dr. Hansen. they were saying that in the vaccines now, these uh, pharmaceutical companies were putting in Uh, medication to offset the possible damage by these injections. That's wicked. And we're not to submit ourselves to wicked men. Well, you're totally right, Eric. I'm just going to go into just a little bit of the history of self-defense. 
is it warranted for an unlawful arrest? Let's get into Matthew 26, 55 through 56. It says, In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple. You did not seize me. But all this is done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples first took him and fled. Now Luke 22, 49 through 53. The disciples, seeing what was going on, cried, Lord, shall we use our swords? They were, they were armed. And one of them did slash at the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus retorted, this will do. Touched his ear and healed it. Then he spoke to the chief priests, temple officers, and elders who were there to arrest him. So you have come out with your swords and staffs if I were a bandit? Day after day I sat with you in the temple. You never laid a finger on me. But this is your hour, and the power of darkness is yours. John eight ten through 12. Then Simon drew his sword, slashed off the right ear of the priest. Jesus said to Peter, put away your sword. Shall I... Not drink of the cup of suffering the Father has given me. So the soldiers, their commanding officer, and the temple guards arrested him and tied him up. Now, obviously, even Jesus' disciples had weapons for self-defense. Only here, Jesus came to die for the sins of the world, not to protect himself, not to defend himself. Here they had a right, though, to employ their swords in defense of an unlawful arrest. But Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins so we might be justified before God and may have eternal life. Jesus did not want anyone protecting him. Jesus also knew his disciples were completely outnumbered. If they resisted, they would have died needlessly before their time. Now, we could really go far into this, but I just want to touch on a little bit Psalm 82.4. Rescue the poor and helpless, deliver them from the grasp of evil people. Again, what's God's view on protecting yourself and your family? Proverbs 24, 11, Rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to death. Save them as they stagger to their death. 1 Timothy 5, 8, But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own households, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Now, we could really go into this on protecting the innocent, self-defense, a righteous war. Uh, what did Jesus say about buying weapons, Eric? Luke, Luke 22, 35 through 37, then Jesus asked them, when I sent you out to preach the good news, you did not have money, a traveler bag or an extra pair of sandals. Did you need anything? No, they replied. But now he said, take your money and a traveler's bag. If you don't have a sword, sell your cloak, buy one. For the time has come for this prophecy about me to be fulfilled. He was counted among the rebels. Yes, everything written about me by the prophets will come to pass. Luke 22, 38 through 39. Lord, Lord, they replied, we have two swords among us. Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left them upstairs and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. And we could go on. But Jesus was not against self-defense. His disciples had swords. You know, I don't know how many pastors ever take note of that. He could have had his disciples fight because that was an unlawful arrest, but he did not because he had a higher agenda to die for our sins. But we could really read into this area of protecting your families, your loved ones, uh, the children, like you mentioned. Eric? Yes, sir. This is so beautiful. I love the proper interpretation of the scripture. And I think that 
we all need to know, pastors and, and fathers of the nation of this nation need to know exactly what is their responsibility with this tyranny that's going on. We must protect the innocent. The children do not know what's going on. It's up to us to understand the times. I love when Jesus uh, demonstrated humility. He knew his purpose. So therefore, he knew he had to be arrested to fulfill the will of the Father. And so I like what he said when they came to arrest him, Dr. Hansen was so amazing, of the self-control, because you need self-control. You need to know when and where and how to to implement our uh, Second Amendment right and, and how to protect ourselves. But he says, when they came to arrest him, he says, uh, we're looking for Jesus. He said, I am he. And they all fell backwards. Praise God. Amen. I love that demonstration of power. But yet he constrained himself because he could have wiped them out. And then he's on the cross. He says, don't you know I can call 12 legions of angels? And as we talked about earlier today, there's coming a time. Time is important. There is a time to kill, not murder, not premeditated murder. But it seems to me with all of these uh, these revelations that's coming forth and uh, of what these injections are and the FDA hiding information of all the possible effects, including death, that can come from these injections, which they try to hide. Dr. Hansen, isn't this premeditated murder? Yes, this is, I believe that uh, what we're seeing, and we've, we've been doing programs with uh, not only attorneys uh, that fight in the, both the federal and state Supreme Court, but we've been uh, doing uh, programs with so many solid scientists and doctors, and they come to the conclusion uh, th- this is basically population control. This is a bio uh, weapon and uh, warfare weapon, and uh, this this is not used for anything righteous but to kill mankind. Eric? Yes, sir. And so I'm appealing to all the brothers, all the men, don't get caught up with race and all of this uh, uh, agenda to divide us. We need to stand together of every nation, all men everywhere, to say we're not going to allow our families, our wives, our children to be damaged and harmed and hurt. Now, there was also, Dr. Hansen, in the Old Testament, a sin of ignorance. Yes. And so we are not to be ignorant anymore. There's too many people. There are too many voices out there giving the information, letting us know exactly what's happening. We do not have to be ignorant anymore. And so we can ask God for forgiveness. But please do not allow your family, your children to be damaged from these injections. Well, you're exactly right, and and the Bible does go into cities of refuge for uh, unintentional homicide or manslaughter, but it also goes into so many examples of legal execution. We must understand that the courtrooms came from, the the judgments from the courtrooms came from the Bible, and so uh, we haven't even touched on a righteous war and, and things like this, which God advocated. There were righteous wars like World War II to stop the slaughter of innocent people, including the Jews and, and the, the pastors and the Christians in Germany. Six million Jews, 11 million Christians. There is a righteous war that we are God's warriors, so to speak, to execute and stop uh, the slaughter of the innocent. You know, Deuteronomy 24-7, if anyone kidnaps a fellow Israelite and treats him as a slave or sells him, the kidnapper must die. In this way, you will purge the evil among you. Uh, Deuteronomy 5-17, you shall not murder. Deuteronomy 17, 1-7. Now, if I don't took the time to read it, the scriptures will tell you about legal execution of criminals convicted of capital crimes. And... Uh, 
I'll tell you, God is not against self-defense. He's not against a righteous war. He's not against Uh, a legal execution. Uh, All of these are to protect the innocent. And we have a responsibility to protect our families, our children, our wives from being raped, Uh, just as we are supposed to show Christ-like nature if we are arrested unlawfully. Still, we love our enemies. We love our captors, just like Bonhoeffer did. We turn the other cheek, uh, just like Watchman D did in, in a prison waiting to be executed because he came against communism in China. But yet these men knew that self-defense was what God expected and our responsibility. Closing comments, Eric. Dr. Hansen, this is our duty. This is our right and responsibility as men. We're not waiting for the women to stand up. We're going to do this ourselves. And we're going to show up for the battle as David did with Goliath. And I know that we're dealing with a Goliath But with God on our side, if God be for us, Dr. Hansen, who can be against us? So I'm asking God for courage and strength and direction and strategies so we can defeat the wicked. Ladies and gentlemen, you got it. Join Eagles Saving Nations. Write to me, warning at worldministries.org. Say, I want to be a member. We're going to kick it off very soon. Eagles Saving Nations. It's up to the righteous to resist those that will destroy your family, your freedoms. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.